Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown. One game, one win. After an up-and-down season, that's all the 49ers need to get into the playoffs is one win against the division rival Rams, who they've owned lately. Knock on wood. I'm Al Sacco. He's Zane Nakvi. This is the 49ers Web Zone. No Huddle Podcast. Huge game for the Niners this weekend. Topsy-turvy season. If they win, all the crazy stuff that happened this year goes by the wayside. They're going to be in the playoffs. They have a chance to play for the chip. Huge weekend, Zane. Cannot wait for this game. I'm really amped up for it. There's this would be a crazy week to talk about whether last week happened or not, right? Like, I mean, we would be talking about like when and you're in all that stuff, but then all of a sudden you add the extra layer of like how Trey played specifically in the second half last week, and it adds a whole different level of intrigue to this week and not knowing who's going to start and is is it going to be Jimmy? Is it going to be Trey? And it's just one of those things, Al, where it's it's exciting, but it's also like very unnerving. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of on pins and needles right now because, like, really, uh, honestly, if the the Falcons beat the Saints, none of this matters. Like, the Niners are in. Like, right. that's it. Like, basically, that's 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 that. But regardless of what's going to happen, like, you have to try to win that game no matter what because you can't just you can't have another team uh, do your work for you. But Al, I will say this. Out of all the stuff that's happened this week, this year, and of all the things that the Niners have gone through, to be in week 18 and to have control of your own destiny is a pretty crazy thought. Like, if you look back to like, you know, week six, week six or seven, or the bye, and we were like, this team is dead, like, you know, yeah. they're basically done. And now you are here, you are like, you know, 10, 12 weeks later, and you have a chance to get into the playoffs with the win against the, a very good Rams team, by the way. It's not it's not an easy task to go down there and win. Although the Niners have had Sean McVay's number for, for basically almost three straight years now. It's going to be a tall task. Can they win? I don't know. I mean, it really depends. Again, it depends on who starts the game. It depends on how that quarterback looks. Because look, if you have a start like Trey had against the, the Texans, if you play that way against the Rams, they're going to blow you out of the water. And Fred Warner said as much this week as well. When they interviewed him, he's like, you have to show up. Otherwise, they're, they're going to embarrass you. So. Really exciting stuff, man, and and we'll see what what happens. Yeah, and let's let's explain how the playoff scenarios work for, for some people who may not know. So right now, the those last two wild cards, the sixth and the seventh seed, are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Niners. Now the Niners beat the Eagles head to head, but if the Saints win and the Niners lose and they, they end up in a three way tie or whatever it is, um, because because of conference records, the Niners would not be in. So if the Saints win and the Niners lose, the, 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 the Saints are in. Um, and if Philly ends up with a 10-7 and 7 record and they have a better record than 9-8, and 8, they would obviously be in anyway. But if they all end up at 9-8, and 8, the Saints can end over the Niners because of conference records, even though the Niners beat Philly head-to-head. Is that stupid? Yes. But that's, that's the way that it is. But you, I look at this one of two ways. It's stupid, yeah, but the Niners shouldn't even be in this position. If you look at the season for the 49ers, they are not a 9-win team. Their roster is not that of a 9-win team. They let a ton of games get away. From them this year, I had them at eleven and six before the season when we did our season prediction show. I thought they would be eleven and six, and if they're ten and seven, look, they're right there with that. Um, but there's a huge difference in my mind between nine and eight and ten and seven. As crazy as that may sound, um, they've kind of teetered. You know, like you said, they started out bad. 
they've been, you know, I guess they've played like a 500 team this year. They've been inconsistent. And right now it's, you know, it's pretty close to, to what they've been. So look, they have, if they don't make the playoffs and they lose and the Saints win and, and they're on the outside looking in, they have no one to blame but themselves because they should have been able to beat a Cardinals team without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins. They should have been able to at least split with the worst Seattle team we've seen in a decade. They had the Packers on the ropes. They had the Titans on the ropes. They had game after game after game that they should have won and they didn't. So they have no one to blame with themselves. So this week, I've been saying it for the second half of the year, tired of the excuses, get it done. Regardless of who's a quarterback, I know that right now there's COVID issues in the secondary and we'll get to that too. Huge game. One of the biggest regular season games, if not the biggest, the one at the last in 2019, the last game of the year in Seattle was pretty huge, but might be the second biggest regular season game under Kyle Shanahan, at least that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Get it done. Win the game. It's funny because if they win the game, let, I don't want to look ahead, but I'm, that's exactly what I'm going to do. If they win this game or if somehow Atlanta beats the Saints, the 49ers have a chance to either play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the first round or the same Rams team in the first round. It's, it's going to be, I believe, one or the other. And, you know, you're looking at a, a matchup that is absolutely like that's da- that's a daunting task to go back to back weeks against either this Rams team in L.A. or to go to Tampa and play the defending world champion Buccaneers and the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, it's just to me, it's like, man, it even getting into the tournament, man, it's like when you get in, it's like, OK, we're, we're, if they get in, like we can we can enjoy that for like a day. And then you're like, crap. <laughs> that's. <laughs> that's that's a tall task so right i mean again al like for me i i'm i'm kind of taking it week by week and i'm like you know what just get into the tournament because you never know what can happen i have a feeling that this is gonna be a year where just some weird team wins it because the last few years it's been the ones and twos that have been playing in the, the Super Bowls and the conference championships and i believe this is the first year since 95 that all four of the conference championship participants from the previous year they're they're in it again they're in the playoffs again talking about the the Packers, Bucks, Bills, and uh, the the Chiefs. So it's going to be one of those years where you're going to have to knock off one of the big guys to win. And I, I don't know if the Niners can do that, but we'll see. But you got to get there first. You got to beat the Rams first. So, um, you know, Trey had a good game last week. Jimmy is 5-0 and in his career against the Rams. And really, either way, I don't think you can go wrong either way unless you have a less than 100% Jimmy Garoppolo that's just absolutely costing the team. I'm of the thought that like I would love to see like I wanted to see Trey start one game at the end of the season, right? Like I wanted we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? If they ran the table and ideally Trey would start the last game of the season in the Mahomes type situation that that they had. And he got his start, right? It happened because of injury and it wasn't ideal, but he got his start, he played well, he got his experience, right? Now, mm-hmm. if they choose to start Jimmy, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but again, if he's less than 100%, we know that he doesn't play well hurt. We know that. And we have to question whether that's actually the right des- right decision to, to to have. If it's not Jimmy and it is Trey and they win the game, then you're talking about starting a rookie quarterback against either Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford again. So it's it's a it's a problem that they have. It's a nice problem to have because we're talking playoffs possibly, but really, like I, I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, and I don't know what the right decision is. I really don't. I don't think there's any way. Based on Garoppolo's injury and what he said today, and we're recording this on a Wednesday, um, he talked about, they asked him how it felt, and he said, what, bleep, it hurts, right? Um, so he said it still hurts. He said it's still painful. 
Um, I don't care if he had a limited practice. If, if it's painful, it's, it's not a three-week injury that he has, especially if he needs surgery. So I, I, I don't think he's going to play. I think this is a lot of conjecture, and it's the same thing we did last week where, oh, I mean, he might play, and Shanahan's not going to tell anybody the competitive advantage or all that garbage. I don't really do, but um, I, I think it's an upset if Garoppolo plays. I, I, th- I think it will be Lance, and, and look, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I thought in this, you know, we'll touch on how Lance did in this last game. He started out shaky. Obviously, everything looked clunky. Kyle was doing those runs into the line again, which drives me crazy because you're going to get him hurt. Stop doing that, please. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. anybody ever listens to me, please, Kyle, stop stop running him into the line. Stop running him like a running back into people. Like I can't take it. It's not Lamar Jackson. He's not the kind of runner. He's not elusive. You know, it's just stop. Anyway, that I love, but I love what Shanahan did at the end of the half when he, you know, we took the timeouts. He saved some time so they could try to get the ball down the field again. And they did, and they got a field goal, and that kind of got Trey going, right? And you get in the second half, and he mm-hmm. played much better. He makes that long pass to Debo that you know that was sensational. I thought he played a really solid game. I, I really did overall. I thought he improved a lot in the second half. And for a rookie QB, I thought he played a really, really good game. Um, and they looked at his stats, and I'll have to, I'll have to look them up. He, he um, had a really – all those EPAs and stuff like that. I always forget what they are. But um, it was from Next Gen Stats, and I'm pulling this up as I'm talking to you guys. I apologize. So he had averaged the most air yards per attempt, 11.5, and threw for the most yards on 10 plus yards of air passes, 205 by any 49ers could be over the last three seasons. So he had a pretty damn impressive game making big plays downfield. He's only 21 years old. The sky's the limit, and he brings an element to that offense with the big plays. And honestly, the, the throw I might have been the most impressed with Zane out of all of it was a third down, I believe when he literally just kind of made something happen and, and did a little dump off to Michael Hasty. It was just a really good mm-hmm. decision, I thought, and just just something, you know, with rookie quarterback, he didn't panic because it was a fourth down play er- earlier in the game when he could have dumped it off to Kittle probably for a first and he tried to go for something bigger. And it looks like he learned from that and then he makes that play later in the game and I was just impressed by that. Even the touchdown pass, which I believe was to Mitchell, um, was a layup throw. But how many times have we seen rookie quarterbacks miss that? Or even veteran quarterbacks sometimes miss a, miss a layup throw. And he did the, the small things there at the end of the game. I thought he took care of the ball other than the interception, um, which just looked like that was the play. It looked like they had dialed up and he was just had his eyes set there. Maybe Kyle just said, you throw the ball there. And he just tried to. Maybe yeah. that's what it looked like. But I didn't thought it didn't look like he saw the field super great in the first half. But then the second half looked like he did. So, you know, we'll see if he can build on that against the against the Rams. And when you look at how the other, you know, we'll get we'll get into we'll get a little bit more of this Rams game and, and the ramifications. But when you look at how other rookie QBs have played Zane, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones has been good. You, you know, Justin Fields. Trey held his own, man. It's only his second start. I thought he really held his own compared to those other rookies. He did. And I have, I have some stats for you. But before I get into, get into those stats, I do want to talk about some of the things that Trey did and some of the plays that he made. So I think that when you, when you have a rookie quarterback, and I said this before the game, we have to temper our expectations because like, they're not anywhere near a finished product, right? And they're not anywhere near anything that's going to actually be um, what they're going to be performing at their highest level. So Trey's mistakes and things like that, that he, that he made, those are expected. And those things that, that happen, I mean, on a scale, if you want to look at the spectrum of like, Hey, what's the worst, the worst a rookie could play versus like, you know, just being like, you know, I mean, Colin Kaepernick wasn't a rookie, right. In this, in his first start against the bears, but like, you know, that I think that, you know, Trey really held his, he held his own there. The, the interception was by far, obviously the worst play uh, of the game for him. And he missed, it's funny because um, 
like Javi and I were talking about this, um, you know, privately and, and we were trying to decide like what was, what was, what, what happened there. And, you know, he was mentioning how that's basically a, a play that's designed to go to Kittle. And the, the thing was, was my sort of counterpoint to that was on the backside of that Debo was basically wide open for a touchdown. Like if he sees the backside and he had time to see that, but I think that, you know, that, that part of being a rookie is that you lock into one guy and you kind of want to run the play as it, as it's drawn up. And if they have the ability to maybe look backside, you know, in the future and, and kind of improv a little bit on that, that's an easy touchdown. That's a walk-in touchdown for Debo. Like he was, he came wide open uh, mm-hmm. on, on the backside of that. And if all Trey had to do was just lob it up to him, that's a, you know, that's a 60 yard touchdown. But again, you know, these are small little grievances, other little things like, there's a couple of plays. Like, I don't know if you've seen uh, the QB school in JTL Sullivan, who was, was a mediocre quarterback, but a pretty good film analyst. Um, he had a, a video on Trey's performance and there was that, there was that drive that started inside their own 10. Um, it ended up in a punt, but uh, the Niners were going, I believe um, North to South, I believe. And it started inside their own 10 and Trey had a, had a throw where he kind of like was in the end zone scrambling around and found Ayuk on the sideline for a first down. And on that play, literally there were, there were four receivers in the route, in the route, every one of them came open on that play and they came open early. So he had two slants up top and he had, uh, I believe a, a slant and like a dig on the, on the bottom. And every one of those guys came open. And what, what O'Sullivan said was basically like the ball's got to be out of your hand at that point, right? Like you mm-hmm. got, you got to get rid of it. And I think those, those are little things that will come with time, but here's the added benefit, Al. Because he can make plays with his feet, he bought himself enough time where he found the open guy. Somebody eventually uncovered, and just because he didn't pull the trigger, the play wasn't over, right? Like you see with so many quarterbacks, like they don't pull the trigger and then they'll take a sack and then the play's over. But mm-hmm. he was able to extend the play enough. He found Ayuk on the sideline. Yeah, sure, it wasn't executed as it was drawn up, but I don't, I don't care about that, right? Because again, the whole point is to have him grow. So you know, he made a, he made a couple more plays like that. You know, towards the end of the game where he was. He was, uh, he got the ball out of his hand, like you mentioned, the hasty play. But I feel like the second half specifically, he got a lot more comfortable with the scheme. He put a throw on Ayuk, that throw the, over the middle, basically his little crossing pattern, the Ayuk turned into a 40 yard gain. I mean, that was, that was a bullet. And of course, the, the touchdown to Debo, 40 yards. I mean, that, th- that ball was thrown on a line across mm-hmm. the field, right? Hash to hash. So all of those things, like taken into consideration, like, He's, he ended the game much better than he started. And that's what you want to see. And here's some numbers, Al. So uh, in their second respective starts, all these quarterbacks, uh, I, didn't, I didn't take Davis Mills because he was not taken in the first round, um, although I should have in, in the trade, did outperform him too. But here, here's Trey Lance's uh, uh, part of his line from the second start. So he had 116 QB rating, two touchdowns, over 200 yards passing, um, completed 16 to 23 passes, and should have had a rushing touchdown, right? That was taken away by a holding goal. So Trevor Lawrence in the second start, he had a 37.2 QB rating and two interceptions. Zach Wilson in the second start, four interceptions. Justin Fields in the second start, he had, eight, he had a rating of 80, I believe 88. Mac Jones in the second start had a decent game, but his, rate, he, his rating was only 89 that game. And he was largely game managing that game. So in context, and people could say like, well, you know, nobody has a better supporting cast than Trey does. That's fine. But that doesn't guarantee anything, right? right? Like Nick Mullins had a very similar supporting cast as well, and he went three and five. So I think that when it comes down to it, Trey, there's something there, and you can see flashes of it, right? Like I tweeted this during the game, and I think you and I texted during the game too. Like you can see flashes of it that uh, 
it's what what the Niners hoped the offense would be with Trey back there and Elijah Mitchell as well, opening up holes for him. We get to him in a second, but you can see that they're starting to kind of like show some of that. And those quarterback runs, I think, will go away. I also hate those, by the way. I don't think you should be using your oh, star future quarterback as a battering ram. It's it's just it's just so bad. So I think that those will go away eventually when Kyle realizes that he doesn't have to do that with Trey. I also don't think Trey's a natural runner. For as much running ability as mm-hmm. people says he has, I think like he looked slow. He looked kind of hesitant. Like I think that you use his legs to get him out of trouble in the pocket and have him scramble when needed. But these design runs need to go away, right? He needs to be able to throw the ball. Right. He is not an elusive runner at all. No, no. Not, at, not at all. He's shifting, the, he's shifting the pocket. Quarterback, yeah. right. Exactly. He can move. Yeah, he's he, got good feet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not a Lamar, Lamar Jackson back there, you know, where he's going to make, or Kyler Murray, you know, where he's going to make people miss and rip off a 40 yard run. He just, just not that kind of runner. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I think, I think when it comes, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead no, I was going to say too, and people forget too, you know, during the first half, you know, cause I'm trying to interact with people on Twitter during the game and like, people are like, oh, he's bust. He looks terrible. This thing, another thing. Like, dude, it's his second game in his third game in the last two years. He's 21. You know what I mean? Like, like this isn't, you're not going to yeah. come in and, and, and look great. You're not going to come in and look like Patrick Mahomes right away. There's, it's going to be bumpy. And again, it just, what he did in the second half to me, just settling down. And look, he can come out next week and throw four picks. He's a rookie, right? Going against yeah. a really good team. Yeah. But what he did in this, this past week, settling down in the second half, he looked really, really good. And that's enough to be excited about the future. He's going to have bad games. He's going to have bad games if he, maybe this year. And definitely next year, as he learns, there's going to be some rough ones. But if you don't look at him and see the potential, I don't know what to tell you. He got everything. He's got everything. He's smart. He seems like a leader. Um, you know, just the, the arrows pointed up with him. It was, it was um, definitely exciting when that final whistle blew. It was, I think if you're a Niners fan, you got to be really excited about the future. Yeah, I agree. Also, Al, so one, one thing I, I noticed as well. So one of the, the, in his first start, they had a ton of, you know, first and long, second and long, third and long plays. And they kind of started the game out like that too. Like, a, you know, they started out with like a third and nine and then third and 10 on the next drive. And it's like, you, you can't do that. You can't do that to your rookie quarterback. It has to be third. If you get to third down, it has to be manageable. You know, like third right. and three, third and four, like third and five and less to me is manageable, right? Because you can run or throw for that. So that the thing that they did differently in this era than the Arizona game, number one, like there weren't as many of those stupid design runs. And Kyle trusted him a little bit more to throw the ball down the field. Number two, the offensive line seemed to be better in terms of like how they blocked for him. Like they weren't taking as many like yeah. holding penalties and things like that, because that happens with the mobile quarterback because you don't know where they're going to be behind you. And all of a sudden, like you create this pocket for them and then they try to escape and you block your guy a certain way. And now all of a sudden the quarterback's beside you and you got to hold your guy. Like it seemed like they were more in sync with each other at, at this point. And I don't know whether that's, time for Trey to, to, to watch what's going on in the field and like taking those mental reps or if it was the offensive line, understanding Trey's capabilities more that they'd seen in practice for you know a full season, mm-hmm. whatever it was, the offensive line kind of, they, it was a more cohesive unit than, than it was last time. And I think that that's the reason why Trey was able to be successful as well. It's like, okay, well, there were times where they, you know, they, they were kind of leaky, but there were other times where like they held up and they gave him time to throw. And that's a big deal for a rookie to have confidence. Yeah. And he does have... You know, the Niners have a, have quite the three-headed monster there, too, with IU with Kittle and Debo. And I, I know Kittle didn't have a huge game. He had that amazing catch. But other than that, I don't think he had another catch other than that. But those three have combined for 71.4% of the Niners receiving yards this year. They've combined for 2,929 
of the 4,097 receiving yards. And Debo has 1,300 yards, and the only people to do that in Niners history to have 13 are Rice, who did it six times, Owens did it twice, and Dave Parks and Kittle, the only people in Niners history who's ever had at least 13 yards. So he's definitely got those weapons. And he's got Elijah Mitchell, who um, may explode because he runs so much. <laughs> you know, he keeps getting hurt, and Shannon <laughs> keeps running him into the ground. But I'd like to see them back off of him a little bit because um, I want him to be around for five or six years. But it is what it is. Shanahan likes to ride him. And um, Mitchell and Lance were under center for all 21 of Lance was under center for all 21 of uh, Mitchell's runs on Sunday. So he was not in shotgun. He was under center for a lot of this stuff. Old school. I love it. And, it, you know, it definitely that was something he did not have in his first start. because Mitchell only ran the ball nine times. He had 21 carries in this game. Um, and I, I think that really helped him, too. So having all those weapons, having that really good offensive line. The Niners are set up, man. You know, if they get a QB, you could really pull the trigger. They're in good shape, Saint. But this game coming up, so life is going to be real. The next time we talk, a week or whatever it is, <laughs> this show can go one of two ways. Life is going to go one or two ways for the Niners fans, right? If they're in the playoffs, everything's great, right? I guess whether Jimmy starts or Trey starts, if they're in the playoffs, we're okay, right? We're playing next mm-hmm. week. They mm-hmm. made the playoffs, all the drama. Whatever we're in the dance, see what happens. If they do not, yep. in, in two, it'll go one of two ways. One, Trey will play, and we, there's going to be issues in the cornerback group, and we're going to get to that in, in a minute with COVID. But look, to, we're just looking at the quarterbacks right now. If Trey plays and he plays great, and they lose, there may be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. People are still going to be pissed. Um, if Jimmy plays and they lose, and Jimmy does not play well, oh my god, oh my god. But the bottom line is this season. They were a playoff team, and regardless of how it happens, if they do not make the playoffs, it is a major disappointment. The team has only been in the playoffs four times in the last 18 years. They, they really need to get in. They really need to get in. So we'll see how this game goes. Again, they could play really well, and maybe they lose in a shootout. What are you going to do? But what people will say then is, well, well, great. You played a whole season. You stunned Lance's development, and you still didn't make the playoffs. That, that, that's going to be the issue. They have to get in to avoid major criticism here. And some of that criticism is going to be, some will probably be unfair, but some of it's going to be warranted. Um, they had to make the playoffs this year. If they were going all in with Jimmy, they, they had to make it work. And look, if, if Jimmy does end up starting all but two games, they went one and one in the games he didn't start. If you go one and one with your backup QB, that's, that's good. Okay. Um, so we'll see how it goes because it could be, again, it could get dicey again. You think this past off season was a long one, dude, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it, it could get a lot worse, <laughs> and I, ho- I hope we don't have to go through that. So, yeah, I think um, you know what you're what you're saying is true, actually, right? Like, I think there's going to be some level of cr- criticism no matter what, because we're 49ers fans and we love to criticize quarterbacks since the Joe Montana Steve Young days. That's just what we do, right? And I think that even if Trey plays and he loses, people will still probably criticize him, like, oh, well, you gave three first round picks for him and this and that, blah blah blah. And like, Kyle, why didn't you play him more? I think Al, look, here's the thing: nobody really knows the value of mental reps, right? Nobody knows the value of being able to see things done in a certain way, right? Like you can't quantify that. What I know is that Trey looked very different in his second start than he did in the first start. So what changed? He didn't get reps in practice, right? He didn't play any games after that because they didn't use him in any packages after that. And he spent part of the time injured as well. So what changed? What changed was that he was getting mental reps right? He was watching things done. He was studying the film. He was looking at the playbook and immersing himself in that. And he was running whatever plays he wanted to run in practice, right? 
like those reps, like whether people want to discount that or not, those count. And that's the explanation as why as to why he got better, because you can still get some level of experience. We don't know how much it is, right? But you can get some level of experience by sitting and watching and learning. That's not the only way to get experience. Obviously, there are different ways to there are many ways to skin a cat, as they say, right? Um, also, why do you skin cats, man? Why didn't say that? Like that's just that's just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a cat person. Like I've that, never so. known anyone who's yeah, it's pretty sick, man. It's pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty sick. So there, there are many ways to 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 open open the walnut. We'll just say that. Okay. So uh unless <laughs> anyone has any issues. Alone, with, leave the cats leave alone. Leave the cats alone. That's, unless anyone has any issues with violence against walnuts. But anyways, um there are many ways to get experience with Trey, right? Playing, watching, sitting, whatever it is, right? Whatever it was, he got that experience that was necessary to have have them have him make that that leap. So to me, it's never gonna be a lost season because Trey got some experience. He got a start in his belt, he got his first win, got his first win at home. Like you're ticking off, you know, like checkboxes, right? In this in this progression of his. So if they were to go in and lose and miss the playoffs, I think, yeah, that obviously that's a, that's a disappointment. I don't think Jimmy comes back no matter what next year. I think that they, they should get rid of him because now you see that Trey can handle himself and you see that he can win and there will be bumps in the road, but you see that he's capable of playing, right? You've seen that. So now to me, and you know, whatever, it's only one game, limited sample size, but you had five games of Jimmy and you said that let's give him this big contract, right? So why can't we have one or two games of Trey and be like, all right, like we're good with him. So when it comes down to it, the Niners, unless they win the Super Bowl this year, Al, I think that people have some sort of complaint no matter what, because we we did expect better than 10 and, well, 9 and 8 or 10 and 7. We did expect better than that. And when it comes down to it, we expected them to compete for the division, and they absolutely got torched in their own division when the division was arguably up for grabs because Seattle wasn't in it anymore. And no matter what, there's going to be some level of disappointment for people, uh, just like there's going to be some level of optimism when they see Trey play. So take that, take from that what you will. For me, like I'm looking at this from a from a high level view. I'm looking at it like, okay, well, what are, what were the growth points this year, right? And what will they be going forward? And that's kind of how I'm going to approach it going forward, no matter what happens. Well, if they if they do lose this game, you're talking one and five in the division, which which is inexcusable. Yeah, that's terrible. Um. Yeah, you gotta sp- at least split with these teams. You gotta go at least three and three. Hell, two and mm-hmm. four will get the- two and four in the division. will get them in the playoffs. If they win this game, they'll be in the playoffs. That's not a good division. Record. Correct. Gotta play better mm-hmm. than that in the division. So you know, there's things again. I just keep going back to it. Self-inflicted wounds, man. You know, I'm not. I'm not feeling sorry for the team if they don't get in because there's a lot of it they did it to themselves. But we'll see what happens. One thing, Zane, that I am. So impressed with, and I don't think I don't think people are talking about it enough at all. Probably because all we talk about are the quarterbacks, which you know we're guilty of too. The job D'Amico Ryan's has done with a secondary yeah. cornerback group that has been held together by Scotch tape, with really not a second rusher, pass rusher, other than Nick Bosa. There's been guys who've been stepping up lately, but nobody you expected to. You know, you didn't really expect you know Ibu Khan or Arden Key or these guys to you know to let the world on fire. Hmm. Fred Warner's had a down season for him. And, you know, Al Shire has been hurt now. Greenlaw's been hurt most of the year. And all they've done is get better. Zane, the last eight games, the 49ers defense has given up 139 points. That's it. It's 17.3 per game. I mean, that is fantastic. He has really settled in. And you look, you know, there were some bumps early in the season, the end of that Packers game. Well, this is the first time defensive coordinator with, with issues in the secondary. For, for him to do what they've done, 
that is, I mean, that's incredible. I, I just, I can't say enough good things about him. And you, you just have underrated guys like DJ Jones, who, you know, the Niners have one of the best run defenses in the league, if not the best, it's right up there. Um, and DJ Jones is a huge part of that. Eric Armstead has, has been huge in the run game. And they have to re-sign DJ Jones, by the way. I think I say this every show, but he's a huge uh, yeah. off-season priority. But as, in, as, mm. as, as is Lake and Tomlinson, but we'll get into all that later. Um, but it's just, it's just been fantastic now. But however, this week, yeah, basically every cor- the only corners that are not on the COVID list right now are Mosley and Norman. I, I think Jimmy Ward's on the list, isn't he? And Ward have COVID yeah, as well? Yeah, and uh, Lenore went on the list as well today. As I saw that, which means I think regardless, he can't, he can't play. So you got to hope some of these there. guys can come off by Saturday with the five days. But mm-hmm. listen, if, if, if he gets it done with what's going on right now, even if these guys come back, they may not be 100%. I mean, look, mm-hmm. the, the guy's been unbelievable. So we'll see what happens. Say you don't want to have excuses. Well, that, that kind of, if you don't have your whole secondary, that it, if you're pulling guys off the street against a team like the Rams, that kind of is an excuse. You know, you're going to have to mm-hmm. the off, you're rely on the offense to score more points or something. That's, that's really rough. But regardless of what happens this week because of those things, Ryan's has been fantastic. And that's another thing I'm really excited about in the future. As they break Trey in next year, and the offensive skill guys are still there and the offense should still be good. This defense, I'm excited about where it can go. They get another pass rusher. They address the corner position. This could be a really, really solid defense for years to come. And he might end up, you know, see what happens, but he might end up, you know, head coaching candidate in, in two years. I, I think he's done that good of a job, and I think he's that well-respected. I think there's two things here to, to look at. Number one, like, he's done a phenomenal job. And, and I was one of his detractors early on in the season because he, he was still trying to get his feet under him. And you know, I was criticizing him and I was like, man, like, what is he doing? And especially the Green Bay game, right? After that, I was like, come on, right? I think that if you were to replay that game at this point, it would be a different outcome for sure. Like he, he's been leaps and bounds better than he was earlier in the season. I think, again, that's the other thing about experience, right? It's that he was able to get more experience in different situations as the year went on and, and it showed. We talked about how Robert Sala did the job that he did last year with just a depleted roster and still having a top five defense. Like I think that the job that D'Amico Ryans has done this year as a rookie defensive coordinator with all of the injuries, with all of the turn roster turnover, uh, granted, you do have Nick Bosa back and that's the driving force in this defense, but really like the job he's been able to do, like just because you have stars on the defense doesn't mean that they that your defense will perform, right? We've seen how many times we've we seen defenses underperform with guys that that are star players. So mm-hmm. He's just done, I mean, when when you look at how he has evolved as a coach and you see him blitzing more, you see more too deep safety, you see, I think that to me, like one of his best games as a defensive coordinator, honestly, was the game against Cincinnati when they just bottled up Jamar Chase. So to me, yeah, like, I mean, he's, t- he's, he's taken a lot, of, a, a lot of positive steps forward. I don't under looking at Cincinnati now and in, in the game after they played the Niners, they had a low, they actually played really well, poorly on offense against Denver, but Burrow had the hurt finger there for a couple of weeks. Maybe that was it. Cause what Cincinnati has done the past two weeks. Oh my God. They've been as hot yeah. as any offense has been all year. And, and the Niners really did. Like you said, they, they bottled up chase. They, they did a absolutely phenomenal job in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Cincinnati, Cincinnati has been fun to watch, but yeah, just, just all year. And like you said, yeah, you can have stars on your, on your defense. You still got to perform, man. You still got to get it done. And, and when you have injuries and, and you're pulling guys off the street and you're still doing what you're doing, it's amazing. Zane, one other thing that's amazing, I forgot to mention, we were talking about the offense. For NFL communications, Eliza Mitchell, listen to this. He's just the fourth rookie since 1990 
with 100 or more rushing yards in five of his first 10 career games. The other guys are Ezekiel Elliott, Edron James, and Adrian Peterson. Pretty good company, man. Pretty good company. That's crazy. The only thing with Mitchell, like I said, he's he's had about three or four different injuries this year. He seems like he gets hurt a lot, and Kyle runs and runs and runs him. So I don't know how long he's going to last. You know, Mm -hmm. because he can be a physical runner. But for right now, man, running backs are kind of a dime a dozen anyway, right? You know, they all get hurt. But he's um, it's been for a six round pick, unbelievable. I remember (laughs) people asking me in the beginning of the season in training camp stuff, is he going to make the team because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing and he was hurt. And um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, definitely he's going to make the team. They're like, no, he's not. You're crazy. He's not going to make the team. And here we are. Not only to make the team, he looks like, you know, a franchise running back for them. So that's, that, that's really cool. But another positive moving forward for this team. And there are a lot of positives, a lot of positives for this team. That's another thing, Zane. We talk about Ryan's, you know, this rookie defensive coordinator. You got young players. Even the core of this team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. They just really had the one playoff run in 2019. And, you know, guys like right. I weren't there yet. They need to get, even if they go in the playoffs, I keep saying it and go one and done. There's playoff experience for next year. Mm-hmm. When you get in the playoffs, you've been there. And then you make it a habit. You're in the playoffs every year. You're used to going to the playoffs. Look, anything that can happen in the playoffs. Look at Green Bay's, what, 39 and 9 the last three seasons? And, and they, yep. they're good every year with Aaron Rodgers. They've made it to one Super Bowl. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Tom Brady mm-hmm. is an anomaly. Most teams have trouble. Most quarterbacks have trouble even getting to the Super Bowl, let alone mm-hmm. winning it, winning it more than once. You know, Drew Brees won it once. Aaron Rodgers won it once. Russell Wilson won it once, right? Guys, Matt Ryan only yep. got there once. You know, Peyton Manning, who got knocked for his playoff performances, and, and he should have in some, but he still made it to four freaking Super Bowls. It's a lot. Mm. And, he, you know, he won multiple Super Bowls. Tom Brady is the, you have to get Tom Brady out of your head. He is the anomaly. For the most part, yeah. the, the norm is it's very tough to do. So I, I just want to see these guys get in there and get more experience. Yeah, and I think it, that's a really good point that you made because. With all of those quarterbacks, I think the part of it, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you have a franchise quarterback and you eventually have to pay that franchise quarterback. So when they take that much of the cap up, it's really hard to distribute the remaining funds to solidify the rest of your team, unless you catch lightning in a bottle. And unless you have a quarterback who's on a rookie contract, you know, like Russell Wilson was, right? Mm. Uh, and, you know, like a, a quarterback is on a rookie contract like Patrick Mahomes, right? When they when they first won. So it's one of those things where you you have to be able to, to me, you have to be able to win for most people, unless you're a Hall of Fame quarterback, you have to be able to win on the rookie contract in the NFL. Like within that first four to five years, the, the four years plus the option year, you have to win in that window. Because once that once that window is done, and if your your quarterback becomes like a franchise guy, you gotta pay him handsomely. Mm-hmm. And when they take up that much cap space, it limits your ability to acquire other players in other in other ways, unless you're really good at drafting. And again, Alec, I think that like Thinking about it today, this morning, I was I was driving around this morning and I thought about it and the Niners have been kind of hit or miss in, in their drafting, right? Like, obviously, I think they they hit on a big one in Trey, but you look at the last draft and Joan Kinlaw, he's hurt all the time. And Aaron Banks is not playing. Mm-hmm. Trey Sermon is not playing. And like, you know, there's there's all these, like Solomon Thomas was a, two, was a huge bust. Reuben Foster was a huge miss. I mean... Like they they have missed on those on those draft picks, and to me, that's why it's even more of the essence that they need to be able to get winning done like sooner rather than later. Because when all these guys come up to their second contracts, unless they start drafting really really well, you're running in a situation where you don't have the ability to to pick up premium talent on free agent market because you won't have the funds. And again, like we're assuming that Jimmy's gone next year, right? So we're assuming that that twenty six million is off the books. Right. Well, I mean twenty four million or whatever it is because of the two two point eight million dollar dead cap hit, but 
we're assuming that's off the books. Plus, the cap will go up about twenty million because it didn't. It, it went down this year as a real result of COVID. So you're seeing mm-hmm. like another potential forty to fifty million freed up in cap space that you can go chase after guys. So I would love for them to pick up a premium corner, right? Like I would love to get a guy like JC Jackson. Of, of course, you know I think that he's, he'll be out of the range, but a guy like JC Jackson, like a guy like that, mm-hmm. that can just shut down one part of the field. But really, like you won't be able to attract those guys unless you put up a good showing. And if really, you know, like I remember in 2019, everybody was, was looking at, uh, or I guess 2018, everybody was looking at the Niners and they had Jimmy Garoppolo and they were flirting with all these free agents. And Sherman came over here specifically because like, Oh, they ever, they have what we thought was a franchise quarterback at the time. And this is going to be an up and coming team. That's kind of what you want. That's a rep- reputation you want amongst free agents. Cause you can get guys to come to your, to your squad and be able to buy in and things like a playoff run deep or small, whatever it is, can kind of can kind of plant that seed there. Man, they're going to be top-heavy with contracts. Debo, they Osa, uh, we'll see a lot, much longer arm sets around, Trent Williams, George Kittle. Warner. Really top-heavy. Like you said, yeah, and when you yep. get that way, you have to draft well in other places so you can have cheaper, cheaper mm-hmm. guys. So that'll be really interesting. Um, you know, right tackle, I, I don't think McGlinchey's going to get a second contract. I don't think pay him bargain on no. be able to anyway you know we'll see if they can mm-hmm. keep somebody like Lakin Tomlinson I sure as hell hope so um again I mentioned DJ Jones you know Fred Warner's another guy with a huge contract so got a lot of guys there man that they're that they're gonna be paying they, they, they need they need that rookie QB contract to keep this core together and it's good core and they did the right thing when you look at it going with rookie contract because you know if they were paying someone like Stafford or whoever else huge money um you know they would be losing some of these guys so so that's definitely good so all right, Zane. Um, do you want to give out a game ball for this last game? Absolutely, Al. Absolutely. We didn't give one out the, the previous week because we were pissed off. So mm-hmm. game ball this week. Again, I think one of two guys gets it. Um, I want to give Trey the game ball, dude. First one. First one from us. So Trey gets the game ball. Started off slowly. Ended really well. He looks like he was commanding the offense a lot better in the second half. Missed a few open receivers. That's expected. But, man. For a second career start, I mean, I don't think you could have asked for anything better. Like he was, he was fantastic in the second half, um, and I think that to me outweighs a slow start. So Trey gets the game ball for me. First one, yeah, Trey. Trey is the obvious one, and I was thinking about actually giving mine um, to Demico Ryan's just because, like I said, what he's done I think has been amazing. Um, but I'm going to go with a player, and I'm actually going to give mine to Brandon Ayuk. Reason I'm going to do that is because mm-hmm. he was definitely in his. Rookie quarterbacks, one of his first starts, he, he was the go-to guy, right? Seemed like there was definitely a comfort yeah. level there with Ayuk in this game. And he, he didn't have gigantic stats. He had six targets, four catches for 94 yards. But he had some, some big plays. He had a big catch towards the end of the half. He had a big catch and, and run for over 40 yards. He almost made a great touchdown catch, one-handed catch. He just fell out of his hands. And he's played so much better in the second half of the season. He, he really has. He's up to 50 catches for 719 yards right now, where if you said after the first half of the season when you know he was going no catches in week one, one catch in week two, one catch in week four, one catch in week six, you're, you're thinking, listen, this guy's in, in, on the back burner, but he got himself out of the doghouse or whatever it was. And I just thought he played, you know, Debo played big and, and Kittle did things and Mitchell played big and Lance played big on offense. All those guys played well on offense. But I just, for me, I thought Ayuk really, really looked like someone who was comfortable with Lance thought he made life easier with Lance. There was definitely a trust level there. And I just, I, I was almost, I was just, I'm like, I'm proud of you, man. 
You know what I mean? I was like, I'm watching. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, Brandon, I'm proud of you. You know, you just want to go up and like, good for you, man. So I, I want to throw a game ball his way just just for some of the little things he did and, and some of those big plays that he made. I'm, I'm all about I. Um, it's funny because you can see him run blocking as well, right? Like he's more involved in the run blocking game. And I think yeah. maybe that's why Kyle wanted him to, you know, participate a little bit more. Maybe he was lazy with that stuff. We know that that's one of the reasons why Pettis was kind of like falling out of favor. But uh, I'll get this. So Brandon Ayuk had 60 catches for 748 yards last year and five touchdowns. And this year he's got 50 catches for 719 yards and five touchdowns. So Really, and that's after being again doghoused for the first probably half of the year. So right. he has a chance to eclipse last year's numbers on an already pretty decent rookie campaign. And I think the next step for him would be like a thousand yard receiver. But again, it's hard to see that in this offense because they spread the ball around. Also, really yeah. interesting tidbit that I didn't talk about for Trey Lance. He had sixteen completions uh, in, in in his uh, in the the win against Houston. Eight of uh, those sixteen completions, sorry, went to eight different receivers. So he was spreading the ball around really well. Yeah. Like, yep. And that's what you want to see. Like, you don't want to see them focusing on just Kittle or just Debo or just IU. You want to see it spread nicely. Right. And that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what you want to see ball distribution in this offense. And that's how a Kyle Shanahan offense is successful. All right, Zane, I'm going to take the easy way out and put this on you first. What's going to happen this weekend? What's your prediction? God, (laughs) man, I'm like 50, 50, honestly. Like I'm like, like so here's here's what i think is gonna happen i think that okay so i think that trey starts and i think that it's a close game but i think the niners lose okay because la has never beaten them with sean McVay. uh they're pissed off they can win the division and i think that you know the niners will play well but they'll lose however i also think that atlanta beats new orleans so the Niners get in. So the Niners will get in as a result of the North loss, right? And two weeks later, I can say that the Niners will play LA and then beat them in, in the playoffs and, and beat LA in the playoffs. So I think the Niners, I think LA will win, I think, but I also think that the Saints will lose. And I think the Niners, the Niners will get in the playoffs that way. So it's been the last five games, I think, that the Rams have lost to the Niners. And I just think that law of averages, I, six games in a row, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't take the Niners. I just, I just, I just think, and listen, I've been wrong a lot. So let's hope I'm, you know, wrong again here, but I, I got to take the Rams too. I do. I do think they're going to win. I think there's level them being pissed off. They're playing for the division, right? All these games are on at the same time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to be playing for the division and look, man, they got to win the game to get the division. So Niners will be playing while the saints are playing and, Listen, the Saints can't score really right now, but that defense is really good. I think Atlanta's horrible. So who knows? It's a division game. Who knows what's going to happen there? But I think they're going to lose, and then everybody's going to have to cross their fingers. And then if the Saints win, it's going to be another really long, long off. So, but let's see. It could all go the other way. I've been really wrong a lot towards the end of the year here. So let's hope that continues. (laughs) They're going to make it. We're getting ready for a playoff game, right? They'll yeah they'll make the playoffs. Don't worry. Oh It'll yeah, be fine. they're gonna be a piece of cake. Would they beat them in the first game, thirty-one to ten or something like that? Oh no, no, I'm saying I'm saying they'll lose, but they'll still make the playoffs. Like the, oh, the, you think it's the, still gonna? Yeah, well, it's not gonna Saints. be easy. You know, it's not gonna be easy. However, it goes down. It's gonna be chaotic and nuts. 
and it's going to be it just it, it can't be easy. There's there's no way. There's no like, way they can go out and win the game like twenty to ten and be in control the whole time. It just can't happen. No, no, they just won't do that because they they love torturing us. No, and this year and, and the way know, this year's you know, gone, it just. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, on the other side, Atlanta is going to struggle with the Saints, and then like at the at the very end of the game, it'll be like you know some heroic drive by Matt Ryan where he drives it down a field goal range, and the the Falcons kick a field goal as time expires, sending the Forty Nineers into the playoffs and sending the Saints home <laughs> for the season. You know that's going to happen. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wish I could be more optimistic. I do. I just. Well, we'll see. That's all I can say. We'll we'll see what happens. I hope they do. But regardless of what happens. I, I'm excited for the future of this team. I, I do think now it's hard to say because we keep talking about the future that doesn't really come, but I, I am really, really excited with this quarterback and the, um, the skill position players they have and the core group of players that they have. I think the, the arrow's pointing up. Thing, so. All right, man. You got anything else? That's pretty much it for me, man. Let's this, I mean, this could be our last show of the regular season, but I, but I really hope it's not. I really hope it's not. Fingers crossed. Either way, we will be here again with you next week, either celebrating or lamenting, crying into our beers. We'll see what happens. But until then, for Zane, this is Al. Peace.